Hi, welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle Pelazon, your host and the head witch in charge here to Listicism, the friendly neighborhood witch. And I'm so happy that you're here with me on Friday. Uh, Friday episodes are where I talk uh, with my team, with my wonderful teammates, often, uh, sometimes by myself. And we talk about intuitive business, magic, mysticism, you know, just the things that are on my, on my brain, on my heart, just spitballing. And today I wanted to talk about intakes, audits, and questioning your reality. But overarchingly, I think that it's really important to do some self-inquiry every once in a while, not too often, and question why you believe what you believe and why you do the things that you do. Because we become just absolutely numb and blind to the way that we move through the world and what our motivations are. And we don't even realize potentially that either our motivations are a little fucked, a little messed, or that we are different. And the way that we interact and how we perceive the world is different than how other people perceive the world. And that can cause us pain. Because <laughs> we're like, why doesn't this work for me? Why is everyone against me? Why, do, why, don't, why doesn't anyone understand me? And it's because we don't realize that we're different <laughs> and where we're different. We realize that we're different. We just don't, we can't pinpoint where it's coming from. And that is so painful. Have you ever like been with someone that you just deeply love and have them so misunderstand you and your intentions? And oh my God, that is the worst pain in the world. It's so alienating and isolating. And I think it's really valuable to do this as part of your spiritual practice. And I was reminded of how important doing sort of a personal audit every now and then, almost like stepping outside of yourself and looking at yourself as a stranger or just with more curiosity than we often afford ourselves. We find everyone more interesting than our our own selves. The depths of knowing ourselves, it's nearly impossible. There's always more. You are endlessly fascinating. You are endlessly fascinating. <laughs> and the minute that you think you know yourself, you probably change. And that's endlessly fascinating. Aren't you marvelous? <laughs> But having that curiosity that you would have around a new lover or a new friend, that just like buoyant joy of like, wow, how do you work? I think if we can have that for ourselves of like, wow, why am I like this? That's so cool. It makes life a lot more fun. <laughs> and I think it gets you out of these habits that potentially are harmful or detrimental or mindsets that are not so great for you. It gets you out of those much more quickly because it's really hard to be negative when you're curious. Curiosity is so charming, right? And it's really hard to be down on yourself when you're just when you're truly just curious not like the way that mansplainers will be like i'm so curious as to how you believe and believe in astrology like how do you i'm just so curious as an intelligent person like you like believe in that that's just reductive but i mean like real curiosity so i was reminded of this because we taught a class in august called notion for magical bodies systems and spells and the point of the class was to take intuitive, creative, just brilliant, genius people that we know who are squiggly brained and, you know, might tend towards ADHD or ADD and help them build systems that are unique to them. Because if you have a system that actually works for you, you can deepen your intuition like mm, exponentially. And, and also you can self-actualize because you really need to know yourself when you build systems for yourself, personalized systems. And that is a spiritual act. That is a ritual act of understanding yourself. Plus, like when you create more brain space, when you're not like always in a tizzy around anxiety of like, oh my God, when's that due date for that thing? And like, did I send that email back and blah, 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 blah. You're able to go deeper in your own intuition. I'm going to talk about this at some point, but I noticed that when I started taking medication for ADHD, my intuition like exponentially increased. I got so much more intuitive. It was because my anxiety got turned all the way down 
when I started taking medication. And instead of like being numbed out, I actually was able to hear and feel what my intuition was telling me. It was amazing. But one of the things that was revelatory that I wasn't expecting was actually the intake form that we gave people before they started class. And I want to talk about it with you because whether you're like, oh, I have such a boner for making systems and I want to learn how to do that or not, it doesn't matter because I think that understanding yourself and giving yourself a reflective momo is really, really important. And like, let me be honest. Do I wish that I was super reflective on the new moon and the full moon every single month? For sure. For sure. For sure. Every two weeks, like sit down with a journal and answer a bunch of questions for 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah, that sounds absolutely dope. Like that sounds fire. Do I do that? No, I'm not that type of person. I desperately wanted to be that type of person. But sometimes you have to admit what you are capable of and what you're not capable of. And what I'm not capable of is every single new moon and full moon sitting down with a journal and a candle and writing out and looking at myself. It's just not possible. It's not possible for me. And that's okay. I don't need to feel bad about it because when I do it, which is like every quarter at the new moon and then at the end of the quarter, the full moon, we do it with the North Node and like doing it with other people makes me do it because I need accountability because I have ADHD. That's really powerful for me and I can go really deep. And I don't know about you, but like I tend to be a little extreme. So either I'm like totally navel gazing and just like only intellectualizing my feelings and being in, you know, inquisitive about myself and like I can't pull my head out of my butt and like look around at the rest of the world or I'm like totally ignoring what's going on with me. And I'm like, yeah, 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 things are fine. And then I'll have some sort of emotion that comes up that's surprising. And I'll be like, what was that? What was going on there? Hmm, that's interesting. And that will be my reminder to maybe do a little reflective. But it's nice to do reflection. And every now and then it's nice to do a completely new audit, I think, or in this case, an intake form. And just look at yourself with that sort of buoyant curiosity Um and figure out what's going on and maybe notice some things that you haven't noticed in a really long time or that you haven't considered in a really long time. So this notion for Magical Baddies intake form is something that we give people as soon as they sign up for class. I'm going to go through it with you because whether you take class or not, it it's really valuable and it's it'll get your wheels turning and it'll get you thinking about how you experience the world. And when we're able to do that, Number one, we're able to self-actualize because we we get to understand ourselves better, right? We get to see ourselves from a different perspective or we get to understand why we do the things that we do from this place of curiosity as opposed to this place of, ugh, why am I fucking like that? Ugh, why can't I do that? Ugh, why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep signing up for things and then not following through with them? Why do I keep meaning to reach out to my friend, but just I'm not doing it? Why do I have the best intentions to start that business or to finally send that email? And then by the end of the week, I have pushed it off again and again and again. And instead of beating ourselves up about that and like making ourselves feel bad or like like me, why can't I do a new moon and full moon reflection? Like what the fuck is wrong with me? Instead of asking what the fuck is wrong with me, we can maybe say, hey, if I understand why I am the way that I am, what motivates me and also what holds me back or what I'm afraid of, then I can just have a little bit more compassion for myself. And when I can have more compassion for myself, I can have more compassion for other people. If you are not compassionate to yourself, if you're constantly shit talking yourself, you best believe that you're probably doing the same thing to other people in your life. Even if you think you are the nicest person. Because you cannot be authentically nice to other people and like authentically shitty to yourself. 
there's something that's out of alignment there, right? That's like being two-faced, you know? It's like when you have a friend who always is really nice to you, but then as soon as like another friend walks away, a la Regina George, she's like, oh my God, that fucking skirt, that fugly skirt, did you see it, right? Like that's not, you can't, you got to investigate that, my friend, if that's happening for you. So that's what this intake form is about. It's about investigation of why do we do the things that we do and maybe offering ourselves a little bit more self-compassion. So it's a, a pretty, it's a pretty, deep form, but it doesn't take very long. And we actually break it down into three sections. If you have five minutes, if you have 10 minutes, and if you have 20 minutes, I don't know about you, but if I have a task and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to take 20 minutes. I'm just not going to do it. (laughs) Or I'm going to do it when I have quote unquote time. And it's not that I don't have 20 minutes. It's just that I don't want to do that thing for 20 minutes right now. Often. But if I see something's going to take me five minutes, I'm like, well, five minutes, I can do anything for five minutes. So let's try it. Let's 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 get at it. And then I know I can come back to it. And you know what inevitably ends up happening is I'll set my timer for five minutes. And then I'll be like, I'm kind of in the flow now. <laughs> I'm just going to go through and finish it. So we built this with that in mind. Again, gearing towards people with ADHD and ADD. And if you don't have those things, great. <laughs> but if you do, this is meant to help you. So the first section, if you only have five minutes, is to take a quiz about your learning style. You might have learned about learning styles like in a study skills class in middle school or high school. I learned about learning styles in middle school and I remember being blown away by my learning styles. I've always been a disorganized, messy person and also a perfectionist with like massive amounts of anxiety. And those things just didn't make sense to me or my parents. My mom is like the most organized person in the world. And she would be like, how is your backpack like this? How is your desk like this? How is your locker so messy? But you're you're getting straight A's, but you have like massive amounts of anxiety and you're like 11. Like what is going on here? And that was because I'm, I have a different learning style than she does. And also because I have ADHD. And learning about my learning style was massively helpful. There's three main learning styles, visual, auditory, and uh, tactile. And each of those learning styles has different strategies for, you know, taking information in, but also like existing in the world. Super important to know your learning style if you're building out a system, because imagine if you're a visual person and you have a system that's like really ugly, (laughs) or you're using software that just like does not float your boat visually, you're not going to want to use it. And it's going to cause more friction for you. And the idea behind making systems for ourselves is that we eliminate and reduce friction. It reminds me of inflammation in the body. You know how they say the root of all disease is inflammation? If we can get rid of inflammation in the body, then we're going to be healthier. We're going to live longer. Everything is going to improve from our mental state to like physically how we feel. I think it's kind of the same way. If we can reduce inflammation or friction in our systems, then we can hear more clearly our intuition. We can operate more clearly and it we can just like make life easier, you know? So we want to reduce our friction and knowing our learning style can help us do that. The next section, that's if you only have five minutes. It's so easy, so fun. If you have a little more time, we do a little self-inquiry moment. And this is where we look at what we're motivated by, which I'm going to go into in a second, but also where we have areas of opportunity, the things that are kind of holding us back that are not working for us. And the reason that we want to look at what we're motivated by is because often when things aren't working for us, it's because they aren't motivating us. They're not like scratching that itch that gets us excited to do the thing, right? And knowing that about yourself can be really important, especially if you have ADD or ADHD or you're neurodivergent in some other way. I really can only speak to ADD and ADHD because that's what I have. But from what I know about neurodivergency, many of us it's just harder for us to do some things that are really 
easy for other people to do. Like it's really easy for my partner to hang up his jacket when he walks into the house. It's just, he doesn't even think about it. To me, that is not first nature. That is like, it takes more effort to hang up my jacket than it does him. And so I want to make it as simple for myself as possible to hang up that jacket. It's a silly example, but it's one of those things that if you live with someone who's ADD or ADHD or neurodivergent in some way, and you can't figure out why they, this thing that is so easy for you, they can't do, why they can't just fucking put the dishes away, (laughs) why they can't hang up their towel, why they can't get rid of the doom pile of clothes on their, you know, the, the chair next to the bed. It's because it's actually more taxing for them. And it's also as infuriating for them as it is for you, because we're like, I don't know why this very basic thing is so hard for me. And I also hate it. (laughs) And I wish it was easy, but it is not easy for me. And I feel like garbage because it is so hard for me. And it's embarrassing, right? It's embarrassing that I can't hang up my jacket because I'm a grown-ass adult. So when we can kind of look at those areas that seem harder for us and what our motivators are, then we can understand, oh, that's how I get into action. And then when we understand that, that's how we can make changes and we can make systems that have less friction for ourselves. And also this is where we're going to look at what our lack of systems is costing us. And to pull out like super from a super meta perspective, understanding as an intuitive business owner, what a lack of action is costing your user is really, really important. What your user is missing out on by continuing down the path that they're choosing right now. Because most people are continuing down a path in some area of their lives isn't really working. That's not easy. That's not optimal. That's not ideal. That's not doing them any favors. And instead of saying, well, I got to make some changes because this is not working. We just get used to it being hard. I'm going to repeat that because I think it's pretty poignant. We just get used to things being really hard and we don't stop and say, wow, this could be easier. And that's why this self-reflection moment, right? This intake momo is really valuable because it offers us just a second to breathe and say, wow, that that's actually really hard for me. Or this is actually not working. And that could be really scary. Like that just gave me truth tingles because I don't know about you, but like, I feel like every breakup I've ever had, like came out of me being in a yoga class being like, oh, I'm unhappy because my relationship isn't working and I've really been trying to make it work and I've been lying to myself that it's not, that it's totally working and it is not. (laughs) And that sucks. And I wish I did not come to this class because I'm not ready for that, right? Because once we see it, we can't unsee it. Or I mean, we can, but like, "Mm, that's harder. (laughs) And as a business owner, to motivate someone into action requires your user, the person that you're trying to motivate, understanding for themselves what they're missing out on. Because like fear tactics and scarcity marketing is mm, low vibe and gross and predatory. And after a certain point, just like doesn't work. Like even if you, if it works for a while, it's going to stop working because you are using fear as a, a motivator. And that's That's only going to work for a certain period of time. It just is, right? If we can lead people, and honestly, to me, the point of copywriting and anything I write is to help people understand themselves more deeply. If I can help my user understand what is holding them back or where they are right now, even if it means that they don't need the product or service that I'm trying to sell to them, right? That I want them to participate in or that I'm offering to them. 
Helping them understand themselves is the point because I want my users at the end of a sales page to have evolved, to know more about themselves than they did when they first started, to be able to make better decisions for themselves. Ultimately, I want people to be able to decide whether something is right for them or not right for them. And the best way to do that is to reflect back to them and ask them to reflect or inquire within and say, okay, is what I'm doing actually working or not? Am I happy with what where I'm at right now? Or do I think that I need some help? And when we're able to look at what our lack of systems is costing us or what you know our lack of action is costing us, what it's preventing us from, from getting or being or doing or making in the world, then we can see that although it might Although we have gotten used to the discomfort of existing the way that we are now, kind of like how you get used to having an injury, right? You like just wake up with pain always and you kind of stop noticing it until you have a day without pain. And then you're like, holy shit, I'm not in pain anymore. This is crazy. I can't believe I was living with pain for so long, right? That's the same. That's what happens to us. We get used to the shit. We get used to it being difficult. We get used to the pain. And we kind of just like keep pushing through until someone shows us that there can be another way, that there is another option. Sometimes we forget that there's another option. Sometimes we just are kind of like, you know, we come to terms with the fact that like, well, I guess it's always just going to be this hard and I just need to buck up and deal with it. And taking a moment to say, whoa, okay. My lack of systems is costing me my relationships or that I never remember my friend's birthdays and I never send them birthday cards and it's making me a bad friend even though I'm an amazing friend who really cares about people. Or it's making me pay my bills late and be a bad roommate or be a bad partner because I'm putting myself and the person that I love and live with in a place of financial insecurity when that's totally not necessary for us or whatever it might be, right? It makes you realize, oh my God, I could, there's another way. And we sometimes, in fact, we often don't recognize that for ourselves until it's reflected back to us. And so to go back at the beginning of our self-inquiry, we ask about what motivates us and how we can be self-motivated. Because if you have ADD or ADHD, you need a lot more dopamine than the average person. And dopamine is what motivates us into action. So understanding what your motivators are can be really valuable. Many of us are motivated by fear or by pain, right? By losing out, by having to pay extra on a parking ticket because we paid it late, by getting a zero on a homework assignment, by missing the deadline for the XYZ thing that we wanted to sign up for, and then we're just not able to do it anymore. But there are other ways to get us motivated. And often we want to find, if, especially if pain is our main motivator or we've learned that pain is the only motivator for us because we don't respond to other ways of motivation like incremental rewards or end of the rainbow vision or personal integrity or accountability or joy, right? Or a deadline. You know, some people are really motivated by a culminating event like a deadline or a performance or something that they can't adjust because it gives them that sort of double double whammy of fear of like, oh, fuck, I got to do this thing by the deadline and which is a little bit of pain and also focus and joy of like excitement. So knowing what motivates you can help you stay on track. It can also build, help you build systems that keep you focused, right? And so if you know that accountability is the way that you can stay motivated by saying, oh, I'm going to have other people who rely on me to show up, then you can build that into your systems. You can build in accountability buddies. You can build in, if you're taking a class, a lot, sign up for live classes. If you have a team, you can say, all right, who's going to hold me accountable for this deadline? That's all possible. And that can totally change the way that you do your work in your business. 
And that's very valuable to know what motivates you and also the what you're relying on right now to motivate yourself, especially if it's only pain. Because guess what? You're going to continue to put yourself into positions and situations that cause you pain and anxiety and stress um, and are detrimental to you because that's the only way that you acknowledge that you can get into action. So you will continue to put yourself into situations that are painful because you know that that's what gets you motivated. And in reality, there are probably other ways you can be motivated. You just don't always think about them. You're not aware of them. So if we can rely on those instead of like, you know, the self-flagellation, it's usually a good move. (laughs) And finally, then we talk about our goals and what are our end of the rainbow goals? What are our big visions? You know, we often sign up for something or take on a project or get into a relationship with a sort of amorphous vision of what our life will look like at the end of it or when we achieve that thing, right? Oh, when he, when I'm finally in love with someone who loves me back, my life will be easy and I'll be rich, <laughs> right? Or when I finally figure out how to build a system for my business or make that Excel spreadsheet with my financial goals, I will feel really good about money. Or when I finally go to therapy and do shadow work, I'll have a great relationship with my family. And while those things might be true, usually they're pretty like pie in the sky. And like I said, amorphous. What does great relationship mean? Does that mean that you talk to your mom every day? Does that mean that you are on speaking terms with your family? Does that mean that you can go to family dinner and not be totally like re-traumatized or triggered or dysregulated every time that your great uncle Sam talks, right? We don't think about what those actual situations are going to be. And as a result, it's hard to keep our momentum and keep ourselves motivated because we're not able to truly like collapse a timeline to to blend two worlds and plant ourselves in the future of what our life is going to look and feel like once we accomplish that thing that we said we wanted to do. And so we'll lose steam or we'll lose motivation because we've only got that sort of fuzzy visual of what life is going to be like when we get to the thing that we say that we want. And so when things get difficult, when they get hard, when they ask us to level up and change, we say, "Mm, I don't know, like, I guess I have like a good enough relationship with my family. (laughs) Or like, I guess I'm like happy enough with this person. I mean, I'm not like the happiest and like, I'm not totally secure and I don't like feel loved and adored, but you know, like you win some, you lose some. (laughs) So we ask, what are your end of the rainbow goals? And also, you know, what's your why? Why do you want to do this really, really deeply? Like, what is it that you're hoping to get out of this? And and being really honest with ourselves. Why do we do anything? You know what? Sometimes we do things that are embarrassing to admit why we're doing it. I've done many a thing because I wanted to impress someone I had a crush on. <laughs> you know? Like many things. Like I would argue that I started my company partially because I wanted to impress a guy I had a crush on. <laughs> you know? And and then I kept going, obviously, because because there was more there, but I would be lying if I didn't say that like that was, and that's so embarrassing to admit, right? But it also was part of my why. And then I had to like find my deeper why, because as soon as I stopped liking that person and stopped wanting to impress them, well, then my motivation would have completely disappeared. So I had to go a little bit deeper as to like, well, why am I doing this thing? And be honest about like, you know, why I started. And then we talk about what are your dopamine hit milestones? So how are you going to reward yourself when you get when you cross those thresholds of difficulty because if we're only used to punishing ourselves if we don't do a thing then we get to live in self-flagellation and we get to live in the space of like well guess i proved that i'm an idiot again guess i proved that i'm not worthy again 
guess I proved to myself that once again, I can't do anything that I say I'm going to do. I'm so unreliable, right? And it's really easy to perpetuate that, that lie about yourself. What might be harder is rewarding yourself for what you do accomplish and being proud of yourself for what you do accomplish, especially if you have learned to not be proud of yourself or to celebrate yourself. And and that's where your growth edge is, <laughs> is celebration. One of my best friends, Kara Griffin, told me that when she started her business, she said, Michelle, whenever you start something big, you have to have a party. You need to throw a party. You need to celebrate it. And little did she know, that's a dopamine hack. That's a milestone. It's a dopamine hit milestone where you celebrate yourself. You give yourself a reward for doing what you said you were going to do. And that might sound really dumb, but we should reward ourselves for doing the things that are challenging for us and for sticking to our word and saying we were going to do what we wanted to do, you know, for honoring ourselves and our desires. So we encourage people to build in dopamine hit milestones to their work and into this class in particular, but anything you do. So when you're building out milestones for a project or you're working on your wellness journey, instead of saying, okay, I'll celebrate when I'm finally over this guy, right? Or this relationship, when I get over it, that's when I'll celebrate myself. Why can't you celebrate like when you have your first date with someone who's not the person you just broke up with? Why can't you celebrate when you get through a day without looking at their Instagram? Why can't you celebrate when you, I don't know, have a whole conversation with your best friend and don't bring that person up? Not that you need to rush to get to those things, but those are going to be milestones, right? That you can sort of check off your list and say, oh, I'm growing. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and, you know, you don't have to like buy yourself a new car, but maybe you treat yourself to like your favorite expensive latte or you call up a friend or you take the afternoon off or you do something really nice for yourself. Like, I don't know, have a luxurious bubble bath or something else. You do something that you really love that feels like, mm, an indulgent reward. It doesn't have to cost money. And then finally, we recommend that you celebrate. So what are you going to do when you celebrate getting to the end of this course or any project that you create, whether you succeed, quote unquote, or not? What is that going to look like? And I think that, you know, creating an intake form for yourself or even following along with what I just told you <laughs> can be really valuable. Knowing what motivates you, knowing what's holding you back and what your lack of action how that's preventing you from having the life that you want. You know, we apply this to systems. And for so many people, a lack of systems leads to, to so much, right? Like it can lead to overwork, which can lead to not having time for your family, which can mean, lead to not being connected to your partner, which can lead to feeling alone. And like, why am I even doing all this work if my I'm, I can't even talk to my family or my partner? Or why am I doing this, right? Or having a lack of systems can make you feel like, you're losing your mind and you're constantly on this like anxiety brink of feeling like you're about to like be pushed off the cliff and just fall into the abyss because you don't have a safety net and you don't have anything to support you. And it's just so lonely and overwhelming and anxiety inducing. And if you're always in that state of heightened anxiety, it's really bad. It's bad for your body. Like physiologically, it's not a good look, you know? But if you apply this, like what's my lack of action? What's my lack you know, my inability to change, what is that costing me? If you, you can apply that to like, you know, what's my 
inability to do shadow work or to look at the aspects of myself that I don't like, what is that costing me? Well, it's definitely costing you your relationship with yourself, which is probably costing you intimacy with other people. And if you can't have intimacy with other people, then you're not going to have real relationships. You're never going to be known. Not, not only you can't know yourself, but you can't know another, right? Or maybe what is my lack of embracing who I am? How is that holding me back? Maybe you are like really resistant to the idea of being intuitive or witchy or whatever it is that you want to call yourself. And what is that preventing you from doing? Is it preventing you from really being able to embody yourself as as fully as you possibly can? Is it cutting you off from a gigantic portion of your identity and your experience and your emotions and your feelings? Is it preventing you from really being able to go deep with anything in your life because you're ignoring such a big part of who you are? You know, like we could extrapolate this all the way. An easy one would be what's your lack of, you know, what's your lack of ability to work on your business or lack of focus on your on your work? What's that costing you? And that's so simple, right? If we really are kind of like pussyfooting around with the work that we do and we're kind of half in, half out, oh my God, it's costing us so much. Like the obvious would be money, right? <laughs> Duh. If I actually was motivated and dedicated to this thing and I wasn't just like, wah, wah, I don't know, being sort of half in, half out and telling people that it's just a passion project or whatever, if I really committed to it, like then I would be I would be going over to the wall on this thing and I would be talking about it and I would probably get a lot more clients or customers and that would make me more money. And if I had more money, I would be able to, I don't know, like afford to do things that I want to do and support the people I want to support and support myself. And I would also have so much more confidence. <laughs> and I would also know that I can trust myself to make decisions. You know, there's just like so much that you can walk yourself down. And when you're able to go deep and really be honest about what your lack of action is costing you, it's a way to get yourself into action because you see the domino effect. You see how everything is connected. And that's what we talk about holisticism, right? Like all this stuff is connected. Your intuition, your business, the way you show up in the world, the way you know yourself, it's all interconnected. It's all part of self-actualization. And when we can see the ripple effect that one element of our lives has on another in the ecosystem of what we do, then we can build those systems together. We can have it be this like living, breathing, dynamic space that is con constantly in relationship and in conversation with the other parts of us. And that is what makes us holistic, right? Like we are not these weird disparate beings that have like these cutoff elements and aspects to ourselves. We're not, we're constantly interplaying with all of our archetypes and characters and, and oddities and strangeness and wonderfulness and magicalness. So that's the point. <laughs> not to get so existential as I always do, but you know, that's the point is to, to bring it all together. And I think that's one of my favorite things to bring it back to systems is that you get to see, you get to see how it's all connected. When it feels segmented is when it feels bananas, when it feels overwhelming because we don't see how it all fits together. And if you think about when life feels the most chaotic or scary, it's because we don't see how the big picture fits together. And when we can see the big picture, that calms our anxiety and it helps us understand the direction that we want to move in. And 
that is spirituality to me. Like that is the, that's why we seek, right? We want to know like, what is this about? What am I supposed to do here? Where am I supposed to be going? Who am I supposed to be hanging out with? You know? Oh God, I just love it so much. So anyways, that's a, that's my, that's my perspective on intake forms and, and just self-inquiry. And there are so many great ways to do this, right? You could do morning pages every morning and ask yourself, like, how am I feeling today? I love the book, You Are Psychic. It has some awesome journaling prompts. There's another book called The Intuitive Way by Penny Pierce that has some great journaling prompts and self-inquiry prompts. I also really like Moon Lists. But again, I'm not good at doing everything on, you know, monthly. So take that with a grain of salt. And oh, the magic of eye planner is an amazing planner, amazing paper planner if you're into paper planners. But what I love about it is that it has this just like awesome self-reflection moment at the beginning of every month that I think is really, really valuable. So inquiry is important. And I don't think we do it enough. And and I don't think we do it with the curiosity, just like enthusiastic curiosity that we deserve. So I want you to pretend as you're doing an inquiry form, as you're looking at yourself, like you are like talking to the most interesting person who you're falling in love with. (laughs) And you just want to know everything about them. Okay. That's all I have for you. Wow. This was long. I'm so sorry, but I hope that you enjoyed this. And um, if you're like, wow, I think I really want to learn about systems because I had no idea that they were a spiritual practice. Um, Notion for Magical Baddies, Systems and Spells is opening up in the end of October. It is a two-week course that's live and it's so fun. Um, Yeah, I'm blown away by how many people have said that it changed their life. It is very humbling and I am so delighted to teach it again. It is like one of my favorite things ever to teach, probably because it's the intersection of intellectual systems, practicality, and visuals, and aesthetics, and creativity, and also intuition, and also how brains work, and frameworks, and I think all that stuff is, and ritual, really, and how we create ritual in our lives, and the magic, and the mundane, and how we make more space for our intuition, and magic, and ritual constantly, and how that's a a conscious choice. So, I think it's really fun and I I just love it so much and I hope that you'll join us. If that is interesting to you, you can sign up at the wait list at the link below and we'll let you know when the doors open. We usually have a pretty short sign up period because those of us with squiggly ADHD brains, we do well with the deadline and we do well when uh, there's a short period of time to do something. We need to like get into action. So we'll probably have the doors open for about a week and then class begins on, I think, October 26th. So if you want to join, sign up at the waitlist below. And if you have any questions, shoot us a note at Holisticism. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I love you. You are the best. I hope you have the best weekend ever and I'll see you on the internet. Okay, bye.